do it. When you look at Modi moves, Modi moves, Modi moves, Modi moves, Modi moves, Modi moves. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Six Balls One Basket podcast. And today we're here to bring you something special. We just had the draft last Thursday. Today, as I'm speaking to you, it's August first. It's hot as shit. And we just had the draft, like I just said. And everyone's just doing like a draft recap or some boring, like, we'll give you the top five best teams and like the winners and losers of the draft. We've all seen a million of those videos. We've all seen like the videos talking about like how how this team did. And we could have done that all day. But we're going to bring you something fun this week. We have the idea as a team to come up with a draft-based award show. So I'd like to welcome you all to the first installment of the Drafties. All right, everybody. So I know you've all been anticipating this day for weeks, months, years even. And we have a lot of exciting awards. We're going to be talking about the biggest stars, the biggest bust, the guy who fucks, the most stereotypical white player, the gamer of the year, and a whole lot more. So for the first award, I'm going to be bringing on our guest presenter, Matt Parolo, to present the first award for biggest star potential. For our first award, which we're calling the Kobe Bryant Award for biggest star potential, we have the top three picks in the draft as our nominees in Kay Cunningham, Jalen Green, and Evan Mobley. I I think it should be Jalen Green personally, just because he just looks like a star. He has so many followers on Instagram. He's this giant following online. And he's just like a flashy, exciting player. And I got to be honest. I mean, we'll talk about this a little more later, but I'm nervous for the kid. Like in the strip club city of Houston, a kid who looks like that is going to have a rough time. Seeing all the stuff that Harding got into, I don't know. <laughs> Bertolini, why would you say Cade Cunningham for the biggest star potential? I really think you can't go wrong with any of these picks you know the first three picks in the draft you know obviously the team selecting them think they're going to be a star if they're getting them at that spot in the draft but Cade Cunningham personally I think is because he really can do a little bit of everything and you hope he can be really good at everything you know with some more uh, NBA experience and some more coaching under his belt and also he just has the physical tools for it and I think that's really the limit for him I think Kate Cunningham could be a Ben Simmons type of player with a jump shot. Obviously worse at defense, but I mean, he could be Ben Simmons, but better offensively. I think that's his his ceiling, which would be incredible. And in a defensive city like Detroit, I think that's a good place for him to learn. I mean, I guess it didn't really work out that well for Stanley Johnson, but you know, maybe he could. Maybe they'll bring some of that old kind of old school Detroit energy back. Yeah, it'll toughen him up. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think we really have to say that much about Evan Mobley. He has all the physical tools. He's the name you always hear about. Is like he even more than Jalen Green. I felt like I heard about people wanting to take first over Cade Cunningham because he's just like a freak. I feel like you can see that thing, like that Damian Lillard, Giannis kind of trait, where he's willing to stay at home and like willing to stick with one team for a long time, just because of how he went to USC instead of trying to go off to Duke or something when he definitely could have. Yeah, I feel like you know they talk about how the center position's dead in the NBA, but Evan Mobley's one of those guys that could just bring it back. Yeah. Just has the potential for that. All right, so let's get a little drum roll going. Matt, who is our winner for the Kobe Bryant Award? The first annual draftees Kobe Bryant Award we have Jalen Green as our winner. Yeah, I think, I mean, 
Jalen Green is – he's going to be good in the NBA, I think. I mean, he could fucking suck, honestly. He just he could just wash up. But I think he has all the physical tools. He can shoot. He can play defense. He, like, has experience, like, playing professional basketball. And he's a risk taker. And I think that's an important part of being a star. Yeah, and he's going to get a lot of shots in the Rockets. It's going to be him and KPJ. And I saw them on Instagram Live the other day, like, saying, like, how excited they were to team up. Because that's going to be a scary backcourt. Yeah. I have a feeling he's going to shoot, like, I think the first year is going to be something to watch. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. For the next award, we have the biggest bust, or the Anthony Bennett Award. The nominations are Jalen Green, Josh Giddy, and Zaire Williams. Bertolini, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, so I feel like the formula for an NBA draft bust is getting picked too high and lacking heavily in one or even more than one part of the game. And honestly, in my opinion, I feel like Josh Giddy fits that bill. I don't think he should have went in the top 10. For a guy that we only know can pass, we don't know if his shot's going to translate. We don't know if you know he's athletic enough to even keep up with NBA athletes. Was not a good defender just all around the board in Australia. So, you, you know, that could be very worrisome for the Thunder. So I understand why the, I understand the nomination here. Yeah, me too. And also how much confidence can you really have in a guy named Josh Giddy? That's not like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. It's this Josh Giddy. Uh, and we all had a mocked, let's see, Matt had a mocked the highest at 10, which is almost where he went, but he went all the way up to six, which was insane. I can't even believe the Thunder passed on Kaminga to get Josh Giddy. That is just fucking ridiculous yeah i mean i was hearing reports that the grizzlies traded up to 10 so they could pick josh giddy and i was even blown away by that so him going six to the thunder is like i just i don't think it's gonna work out well yeah and speaking of the grizzlies trading up one of my noms was zaire williams from stanford his stats are just not good like 37 percent from the field 29 percent from three he's 6'8 185 so he's skinny as fuck he's just gonna get bodied um and when's the last time we had a good stanford player was it brooke lopez back in like 2008 i would also like to make another point about him one as we all know if you've been on twitter the past couple of days because nba twitter just sucks lebron's dick uh, zaire williams played with Bronny james and zaire wade but also Zaire Williams was born the day after 9-11, September 12th, 2001. Wow. Yeah, that's a recipe for disaster. That can't be a good sign. Yeah. Both his parents were in the Army. He would have been a good nomination for last week's episode about the most patriotic players, but I don't think he's going to be really that good. In the FIBA FIBA Under-19 World Cup recently, in seven games, he averaged 5.3 points and 1.2 assists per game. Like, that's just so unremarkable. Yeah, I don't know what the Grizzlies saw in him. But he, in his credit, though, he did have the first triple-double by a Stanford player since 2007. He's uh, he's definitely a project. Yeah. And I, I think 10's that. just too high of a, a pick for him, and I think that just sets him up for failure. The uh, Anthony Bennett Award for biggest bust goes to Josh Giddy. You're not going to say it in the accent? No. <laughs> If it's not sound, if it's not sounding good, it's not getting good. Yeah, so that's the Anthony Bennett Award goes to Josh Giddy. Uh, we didn't really defend Jalen Green, but he could just be a bust. I mean, he could get lost in the strip club city of Houston. Yeah, we touched on that earlier. 
Yeah, so just to cover all our bases. Moving to the next award, the guy who fucks, the Wilt Chamberlain Award. For those who don't know, Wilt Chamberlain has claimed that in his career, he slept with 20,000 women. It was like, which, if you do the math, it's like seven women a day or some ridiculous statistic. And we are, we named the award after him in his honor. RIP to Wilt Chamberlain. The three nominations are Jalen Green again, three straight noms, Corey Kispert, and Chris Duarte. Matt, Who's your favorite? So my favorite here is definitely Jalen Green, um, just based on what he wore to the draft. Because in order to wear a suit like that, you have to fuck. Like, it was only a look that he could pull off. Yeah, I agree. Bertolini? Yeah, I think Jalen Green just, like, exuberates confidence. He's also just generally good-looking, but, yeah. Yeah, Jalen Green is a good-looking guy. And I think, I mean, Corey Kispert deserves a little talk just because he looks like the most stereotypical white douchebag who like you just hate but you know fucks like he looks like fucking the bad guy from the karate kid pretty suave yeah and i mean he went to gonzaga like i can definitely just see Corey kispert walking around any college campus in a basketball jersey and like a backward snapback oh and flip-flop 100%. oh definitely flip-flops yeah that's a good call matt and then chris duarte um this wasn't the best looking draft we didn't really have the the most standout players but Chris Duarte has a kid, so we know he's had sex at least one time. And we thought about putting Cade Cunningham in the spot also as a kid. But, like, Cade Cunningham doesn't look like he fucks, let's be real. Just Cade Cunningham just always looks tired to me, and I can't put him on a list of guys who fuck. And, Matt, do you want to announce this, this award, the Wilt Chamberlain Award for the guy who fucks? Yeah, so the first annual Wilt Chamberlain Award for the guy who fucks is going to Dylan Green. Dylan Green winning two awards so far. I think that's a pretty, I think that's pretty great for him. I mean, he just looks like a guy who fucks. Like Matt said, you got to be confident as shit to wear a suit like that. And I'm gonna do a live check of how many Instagram followers he has because it is a fuck ton. Oh no, it's not. It's only 1.4 million. I thought it was a lot more. I thought it was like five. But he's very confident. He posts a lot of pictures of himself. A lot of pictures of himself. And he definitely slays ass. And keeping it in the same family, we're moving to the AC Green Award for Biggest Virgin. You may be wondering to yourself, what, who's AC Green? Why, why is he the biggest virgin? He was a player who played for the Showtime Lakers. Uh, he was a forward and he was a key part of their team. And apparently... Through his whole NBA career, he was celibate. He says he remained a virgin through the Los Angeles Lakers Showtime era. He was he was extremely dedicated to the cause, and he remained a virgin until he was 38 years old. He said it was definitely worth the wait, and he walks around with a smile on his face. Green says it was harder to wait for an NBA championship than for sex. And in his honor, in a near 40-year-old virgin's honor, we've created the biggest virgin award. The nominations are Villanova's Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Marcus Zagorowski from Creighton, and Jason Preston from Ohio. Bertolini, who's your favorite? Uh, my favorite here is uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Not really much to it here. It just seems like kind of a simp. I can give a little backstory here, uh, given that he was uh, my classmate for a little bit. Um, so Jeremiah Robinson Earl is from Kansas, and when he came to Villanova his freshman year, he had his mom fly out to Philly and get an apartment for the entire semester so he could be close to his mother. So just a huge mama's boy. Pretty sure he's a devout Christian, too. Just a good kid. Uh, you know, nothing against him, but he just seems like he's, you know, saving himself for the right person. Nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Also, I was going to defend him because I thought 
Myers Leonard like might not have a father in his life, so that might be why he's so drawn to his mom. Nope, dad's around. Just weird. Yeah, his father even played college basketball and had a career overseas, interestingly enough. Lester Earl. But, I mean, my personal favorite here, Matt, I'm assuming your personal favorite is Robinson Earl as well. I like Jason Preston here. <laughs> Former Pistons blogger. Just just doesn't look like doesn't look good. I'm Jason, if you're listening, I'm sorry, man. You just gotta clean yourself up a little bit. And I, I realize the hypocrisy of that statement. I mean, come on, buddy. Can't be looking like that. He and it's like a knockoff lamello ball. Yeah, a for ginger real. lamello ball. Yeah, it's it's bad. And then Marcus Zagorowski went to Creighton. He's just ugly as well. And I don't know. I just no one wants their last name to be Marcus wants to be uh, no one wants their last name to be Zagorowski. But Bertolini, do you want to present this award? The AC sure. Green Award? So the uh, the AC Green Award for Biggest Verge goes to Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Amen. <laughs> I'm not even going to add applause there. It's just going to be the amen. That was perfect. But we're moving on to the next award. Again, the first annual Worst suit award, aptly named the Drew Gooden Award. I might even make Drew Drew Gooden the like profile picture of this podcast, just because this suit's so bad. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. It's just horrible. Matt, before the podcast, he looks like a cinder block. Yeah, (laughs) it's so baggy. It's fucking ridiculous. We have three nominations for this, as we do with most of the awards. The noms are Corey Kispert, who. Before we even get started on the other nominations, looked like he worked in a hotel. He looked like a, a waiter or he like opened the door at a fancy shoe store. Yeah, I saw an article that said he looks like an evil dentist. <laughs> <laughs> His suit was horrible. Then Jalen Suggs and Davion Mitchell. Jalen Suggs, early on, I was like, that's a favorite for worst suit. Like, that is bad. He, just, I don't even know what he looked like. He looked like... Looked like a disco ball. Yeah, like, I don't even know how to describe it. He looked like shit. It was all silver and not even, like, flashy, flashy, like Jalen Green's. It just looked like shit. It just wasn't a good suit. Yeah, and then like those guys that, like, stand on the street and they, like, paint themselves silver and stand still. <laughs> yeah, he did look like money. That. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it was just this weird little face on top of it. And then the third nomination, Davion Mitchell. He just... He, nothing he, matched. Yeah, and he just had, like, this fake Hugh Hefner jacket. I don't know who he was trying to be. There were a lot of bad suits tonight. I feel like it wasn't, like... I mean, I think one of the worst ones in recent history, and we t- we talked about this for the for the possible name, but the Trey Young draft, I think, was one of the worst suit drafts in history. If you look at the pictures from it, it was horrible. But... And, I mean, obviously all those early 2000s ones where they're wearing the suits that are two sizes too big, even though they're seven-foot humans, which is the craziest part to think about. But I think this one's honestly pretty cut and dry. Like, they were bad, but I'm just going to go ahead and announce it. The Drew Gooden Award, the 2021 Drew Gooden Award, goes to Corey Kispert, the evil dentist. The bellhop. The bellhop himself. He lo- Yeah, I... When me and Bernalini were watching the draft together, we were trying to figure out like what what title at the hotel he should have because he just looked like a hotel worker, just like everything about him, and like his face just made it better. Like he just fit in with like like a Swedish hotel. I could just picture him right there. Then while we're while we're ragging on the players in this draft, 
We're moving to the, the worst haircut. Aptly named the, the Alfred Payton Award. And if you've watched the NBA over the past, I don't know, seven years, you've observed the experiments that Alfred Payton does with his hair. He had that weird thing where the his hair like blocked him. He's had a horrible little like afro kind of thing. He's had a lot of bad haircuts. So we named the award after him. And our three nominations are Marcus Zagorowski, Moses Moody, and James Booknight. I think we can all agree Marcus Zagorowski just looks like a piece of shit. He has the the quintessential. Yeah, I was just going to (laughs) say he has the quintessential Delco haircut. Except with waves. I'm I'm glad it at least took us four episodes to say Delco one time. Um, But yeah, if he was like standing outside of a Wawa in a wife beater with a chain on, like smoking a cigarette, I'd. I wouldn't be like that surprised. Like he looks like twenty five kids we went to school with. And yeah. and uh, just a little known fact about Mark Zagorowski, uh, we found in our research, he's actually the brother of acclaimed Sixers point guard Michael Carter Williams. Really? Yeah. Which uh, doesn't really make sense. They have different last names. But tons of people have different last names, man. You can't last name shame them. They also don't look alike. Not at, they don't all. Look alike at all. Maybe it's adopted. Might be. All right, the next nomination. This was my favorite early on in the draft because Marcus Zagorowski wasn't there, but you just look at a picture of him and it's like, oh, fuck that guy. Moses Moody, he has this kind of like, I don't know, it's just like short in the front and then gets like long in the back and it makes his head look really long and he just looks dumb. I don't really know what else to say about him. He just, he's got a ginormous forehead and he just, his hairline doesn't make it any better. And I feel like it's just going to get worse. Like, that hair's going to go pretty soon, it looks like. Him and Book Knight kind of have, like, similar hair. Yeah, uh, and in the in the development stages of the draftees, we had a, a much meaner award that we won't, we won't mention that James Book Knight was a front runner in. But, yeah, they do have that same, that same kind of – I think it's called, like, a shag or something. I don't yeah. know if that's what a shag is, but that's the word I associate. With. Moses Moody looks like a, like you know, alien versus predator. He looks like the predator when they take off their mask. Yeah, that's pretty mean. <laughs> Moses, I'm sorry if you're listening. I'm sorry that was, I didn't mean that. He'll get it. I hope so at least. As our person who's had the same haircut for the past thirty years, you guys have both had pretty much the same haircut for the past twenty years of your lives. But I'm gonna say Matt. Would you like to announce uh, the, the choice for the Alfred Payton Award? Well, to be fair, this is the award for the worst haircut, not the same haircut. Not the so, most consistent. I mean, I'll announce it, but the uh, – we, really, we should really get Mike Berg to announce it. Should, I, should we try to call <laughs> him live on the podcast? No, he can, he can be featured on another episode. <laughs> um, but the Alfred Payton Award for worst haircut at the draft goes to – Marcus Zagorowski. The Delco kid. Yeah, he looks like Delco trash. Fuck him. So that was the Alfred Payton Award. You can stop cheering now. We're moving on to, I know we've had a big trend of these named awards. I hope you're not getting tired of them because there's a lot more to come. But we have a nice simple one. What everyone's here for, our team that won the draft. And unlike most of our nominations, or most of our awards, we have four nominations for this one. The Warriors, the Clippers, the Rockets, 
and the Hornets. Matt or Bertolini, would you guys like to pick your favorite? Yeah, I'll take this one. Uh, my favorite was the Rockets because I just – I think all four of their picks were just – not only were they, like, quality players, the picks, but I feel like they got them all at a good point in the draft. You know, they didn't have to reach for Sangoon, who, you know, on some people's mock drafts, he snuck up the board a little. They didn't have to reach for Josh Christopher at all. Um, you know, like a high upside guy. Um, and I just liked all of their picks just overall. And they, you know, it was, it was very, you know, diverse, two guards and then two big men. I thought they uh, did a good job splitting that up. Yeah, I agree. I also like the Rockets uh, draft. I also like the Warriors. That was my pick. I think they got a steal with uh, Moses Moody at 14. He was mocked like six through 10. And they got him at 14. And they also got Kaminga, who fell to them, who was projected top six. So I think the Warriors worked out. I don't know if two, both those players are going to fit on their team, but I think they, they had a pretty solid draft talent-wise. Yeah, I, I mean, they could have got, got players who fit a lot worse. They could have made much worse selections, and I really think those were, like, the best picks at their spot. Yeah. My personal favorite here was the Hornets. The Hornets just had a good draft. They had a lot of really high upside guys. They had Kai Jones. They got Book Knight. They got JT Thor. And they're going to add a lot to that team. They're giving LaMelo a lot to work with. And I think that's a factor in it. And then we also had the Clippers as a nomination. Because at 21, they got Keon Johnson. They got Jason Preston at 33 and Brandon Boston. I think we can all agree that's just great value for all three of those players. Jason Preston might be a little high, but getting Brandon Boston at 51 is a, a great pick. Yeah, I don't think they really went after anyone that could help them immediately. I think it's, you know, it was forward thinking. Yeah. And also the other player I forgot to mention, the Hornets got, which, I mean, could be the, could wind up being their best pick, is Scotty Lewis out of Florida. He shined and early on in the season a lot of people thought he was going to be like he was going to climb up the boards and become like a a first round pick and he fell a lot but i think he could be a valuable addition to that hornets team all right alan would you like to announce our winner yeah i'd love to Matt. our winner for the team that won the draft is the houston rockets like we all talked about the Rockets got Jalen Green. They got Josh Christopher. I think they got Uzman Garuba at a perfect spot. And they just, they don't have shit. And they just got guys who can form whatever they have into something more cohesive. They didn't get anyone like the Kings got Davion Mitchell, who they already have position. They already have guards at both spots. So like, where's he going to fit in? And the Rockets didn't do that once. Like they got all guys that could start on their team and like, find their way into the lineup and like Bertolini said at Sangoon climbed up the leaderboards or not the leaderboards the draft boards and a lot of people thought he was going to go a lot higher they he fell they traded for him and then they used those back-to-back picks I think perfectly because I think Christopher is going to come off the bench and Garuba I mean he could either start or come off the bench who knows it's pretty much going to be about what they do with Daniel House but I think he could really like wind up being like the best defender in this draft he has a lot of those physical tools he's like extremely high energy and pretty fun to watch and I think oh also Jalen Green and Josh Christopher are friends they like went to high school together they have a bunch of like they post a bunch of pictures together on Instagram they play together so I think that's good for it too that's like good for team cohesiveness yeah I love those uh back-to-back picks all right now for the team that lost the draft 
we again have four nominations. The Pacers, who only got Chris Duarte. I thought they would use that pick a lot more effectively. They got Chris Duarte at 13. They could have got Moses Moody. They could have got Kispert. And I really think the Pacers need to try to get a star for that team. And, like, try to – honestly, if you could move Brogdon to the bench and, like, get the ball out of his hands and get, like, a primary ball handler for the starting lineup, they could be a really solid team. Like, with Lavert out there and TJ Warren and Turner and Sabonis. Like, or even if they got a forward here, I th- like a big – like, a more big man kind of guy, I think that would have been a better pick. But I think Duarte just really, like, didn't fit. Yeah, I mean, Duarte is a fine player, but, like, they need – they need more, you know? They need more than just, like, fine, solid players. That's all they're made and up of. They, they just they need to take more risks, and Chris Duarte was the least riskiest pick they could have made there. Yeah, I completely agree. And But our next nomination was the Kings. I mentioned them in the last pick. They got Davion Mitchell, which they already have guards, and I guess, like, it's a good thing for them to get more defensive-oriented, and I think they'll, like come around on this pick but i saw a lot of like really awful things being said about the king's management by like nba twitter they were like very upset about the davion mitchell pick and then they got nemus Kata, i believe is how you say his name at the end of the draft which is a which is kind of a good pick but yeah i mean the kings just find a way to fuck it up every year they're just consistently in that like five to ten spot and they just somehow managed to draft the worst player in that spot. I don't know how they continue to do it. I agree. I think Davion Mitchell isn't a great fit. They have Halliburton and Fox. And Buddy Hield. And Buddy Hield, yeah. But I think they're trying to get rid of Buddy Hield. But even if Davion Mitchell does play the two, like, he's undersized. I don't even know if he would be able to play the two. He's only six one. I don't know. It's just, just a classic Kings pick where they're just so guard-heavy and – I think David Mitchell is a good player, but he he has a pretty low ceiling, in my opinion. I mean, he's already, like, what, 23? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, I, I just don't see it working out well. Yeah, I'm with you, like, completely. And it is Nemus Kata from Utah State as their second pick, just to confirm. Then we have the Knicks. Matt, I know you felt strongly about this one. I did. The Knicks got a steal, first of all. And Keon Johnson at 21. Keon Johnson was mocked in a lottery. Fell to 21. Got Keon Johnson. Trade him to the Clippers. They also got Kai Jones at 19. Trade him to the Hornets. And they also got Jeremiah Robinson Earl at 32. Trade him to the Thunder. So those three players they could have had. And instead they ended up with Quentin Grimes, Rokas Joku Betis, and Miles McBride. And I don't know about you guys, but I'd much rather have those three players I named first than those latter players. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. you there. Yeah. The, the I think three players they ended up with, I'll say they aren't bad, but yeah, that uh that first three is definitely better than the second or at least, you know, pops off of the page more. They just have way higher upside. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you completely. And then our last nomination is a little bit of a boring one, a little unorthodox. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I don't want to spoil anything. But how the fuck are you, like, the, as shitty as the Timberwolves are and don't have any picks? Like, how do they consistently – like, they're just like the Kings. They consistently put themselves in spots to fail. Just, like, you need another first-round player here. Like, you really do. You just 
you need someone to like come help that team come together and not be so shitty. You really need yeah. anything. Like if you if you're a team like the Timberwolves, you need you need any opportunity to get to get some like young guys in your organization. Even if they're just gonna sit on the you know bench or play in the G League for two or three years until they can, you know, maybe contribute. Like you need to do something to improve your roster if you're the Timberwolves and they're gonna try to do it in free agency, but I'm not expecting much from them in free agency either. So And the sad part about the Timberwolves is they like have young guys. But it's just like they can't like they can't coach them. They can't like come together. Like Towns is I don't want to like speak that badly on Towns because I can't even imagine like what he's had to go through this past two years. It's I that's something I would never wish on anyone. But like D'Angelo Russell and fucking Jared Culver, Anthony Edwards. And it's just like they don't really work together. They just like they exist, but not well. Yeah. yeah. They, I, they I have think so much that talent. Up perfectly. Yeah, they have so much young yeah. talent. I think they have what two number one overall picks and D'Angelo Russell, I think, was the second overall pick. Yeah. And they're just consistently like the fourteenth, thirteenth seed in the West. I don't know how they continue to do it every year. And I think they traded their pick this year to the Warriors for in that D'Angelo Russell trade. So they would have had seven. So they could have got Kaminga, which I think would have been a great fit. But instead, they're stuck with D'Angelo Russell. And that team's going to be bad for many more years. I really think they – and let's – we'll just – this one won't have that much luster. We're giving it to the Timberwolves. Because they, I think they just need to fucking sell at this point. They need to just go full Chicago Cubs, get rid of everybody, get rid of fucking, or except yeah. like Edwards and. But I'm getting rid of Towns. I'm getting rid of Russell. I'm getting rid of anyone that doesn't help me. And it sucks because Towns agree. is so good, but just like he hasn't been able to elevate the play of his teammates, and his teammates haven't been able to elevate the play like his play either. Like like you said, they all just exist. And they don't win. And it's just like, I don't even know where Towns could go to make him better. Because like you were just saying, like he's never shown that he can elevate another person's game or anyone can elevate him. And to his credit, I mean, who's he had? Fucking D'Angelo Russell, not like a, a passer. Anthony Edwards, not a passer. Zach Levine, at least in his early years, not a passer. Andrew Wiggins, shitty. Jared Culver, not good enough. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, but... Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler couldn't even do it. Jimmy Butler thought he was a pussy and just hated him. If Jimmy Butler can't make your team good, then you're out of luck. Yeah. yeah. At this point, it's becoming a Carl Anthony Towns problem. It's a, it's the fact a, yeah. that he it's can't a, elevate that team past like the 13th seed. I think the Celtics should try to get him. He needs to go somewhere else. I don't, I don't know where, but anywhere would be better than Minnesota. Yeah. So Timberwolves are the team that lost the draft. And for the next – the next award we've aptly named it the ben wallace award we tossed around a bunch of different ideas for this name but ben wallace award is an award for the best player who didn't get drafted our three nominations are joel Yee, jacory mclaughlin and dacian nix my personal favorite would be dacian nix i mean he was a star in the g league or on the g league ignite team he just plays good basketball he's a good passer he can shoot he's got a nice stroke he's he could just be a valuable contributor to a lot of teams in the NBA, I think. And fortunately for us, he signed 
at least a training camp deal with the Sixers. So we might get to see Dacian Nix in the, in the future be a star for our team. I would hope so. Bertolini, I know you felt strongly on Ja'Cory McLaughlin. Would you like to defend that nomination? Yeah, he was just really good in his college career at uh, Santa Barbara, I believe. Yeah, just the guy who just under-recruited and just really just, like, got it out the mud. A guy who can shoot it, can dribble, and uh, it really is just, like, fits the modern NBA. And uh, I'm pretty sure he got signed to the Warriors, so that that really can't hurt. The Warriors, it seems like, can just turn any player into a, like, serviceable NBA role player. Yeah, I think it's the you know best place he could have went, to be completely honest. Yeah. And Matt, you want to defend Joel Yi or Yai or however you fucking say it. Joel, you can come on the podcast to defend yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna call I'm gonna call him Joel Yai. But he was just solid at Gonzaga. I mean, he's a three and D guy. He averaged twelve, seven, and three for a guard. Seven rebounds, pretty solid. Uh also one steal a game. Shot 39% from three, 58% from the field. He was just a really efficient player. He's from France. He's got that gritty European game. And I think he would just make a great, like, 3 and D Josh Hart type of player on any team. So, I know he just signed with the Lakers on a two-way. So, I think he'd be a really good player for them if he gets minutes. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think all those stats are even more impressive when you think about how many mouths there were to feed on that Gonzaga team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's proven that he can be a winner. That's another thing that factors into it. Yeah, and a part of a team. He's not like Cam Thomas or someone like that who like doesn't want to contribute. Like He's shown that he can fit in where he needs to fit in. Yeah, and I mean, you saw that at Gonzaga. I'm pretty sure he played out of position. I think up to this point, he played a lot of the one. But yeah, he was you know put into a different role and probably a different play style than he's used to at Gonzaga. And he just, you know, took advantage of the moment. And I think, I mean, we also got to give some credit to, like, the whole Gonzaga program because they just are – they know how to make someone look good. They, they make can fun. never win a championship, though. Don't say never. I think they can. They haven't. I don't know. They've been there twice in the past three years. They couldn't get it done. It's hard, especially when you're playing against the, a team like the Baylor Bears. But just all fucking just... old guys. Who's that really skinny? Chet Holmgren. <laughs> um, our, him, and, him and Drew Timmy teaming up. We don't have to get too deep into the Gonzaga lore here, but Chet, I can't believe how good Chet Holmgren is with he how just, he's built. Yeah, he just looks like he'd be horrible. I kind of feel like he'll be Matthew Hurt, though. And honestly, uh, he could have been a nomination for the best player to get drafted. He's, he's better than Matthew Hurt now. <laughs> Already. One of our friends and – I'll leave him unnamed, but did want us to slander Chet Holmgren on the podcast at some point. So here you go. Also, while we're talking about our friends, we should give a shout out to Cam Thorpe. Yeah, shout out to Cam. Thanks for the support, man. Our most active listener. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. But who wants to present the Ben Wallace Award? Bertolini, you want it? I feel like you haven't presented one in a in a few. Yeah, sure. So the uh, the winner of the Ben Wallace Award for Best Undrafted Player is going to go to Joel Ayayi from Gonzaga. The next award is the most Spurs pick. And if you're asking yourself what that means, you don't watch enough basketball. The Spurs always just get some ridiculous fucking pick that, like, 
everyone just forgets about he just falls to the and then he like becomes good just out of nowhere manu ginobili tony parker fucking lonnie walker Derek white yeah Derek white we have three nominations it's josh giddy by the thunder josh primo by the spurs or santi aldama by the grizzlies and i think josh giddy was a very spurs pick just because it's like a foreign player that no one really like has the full book on and no one really thinks it's going to be that good but he could be he could be really good if he like develops correctly then josh primo I mean, he was picked by the Spurs, 12th. How shocked were you guys when fucking Josh Primo got picked? That's, that was the biggest shock to me out of any pick in the draft, of how, like how early he went. They could have yeah. traded back and got him. He's the youngest player in the draft. That's a very Spurs-like quality. Normally they go for like the oldest player in the draft, but also they're known to get the youngest player just because they're ridiculous. We all had him mocked. Let's see. He wasn't on Matt's mock draft. He was 28 on Bertolini's and 28 on mine. We had a mock to the Sixers, but he went 12th to the Spurs. Me and Bertolini, while we were watching it, we were like, he was a little ahead of me, and he was like, no way. No way. And then I was like, what? And he was like, you're not going to – you will never be able to guess. And then it came, and then I, he was right. I would have never guessed Josh Primo would go 12th to the Spurs. Yeah, yeah and, the Spurs, they, they have to have some, like, stat or something to back that pickup. If he was mocked that low, they could have definitely traded back. He's probably, like, got a crazy, like, warp or, like, win share <laughs> percentage or some shit like that. Some Spurs stat they love. And then, per possession on uh, corner threes and uh, dribble pull-ups. Some ridiculous bullshit like that, I'm sure. Then our, our next nomination is Santi Aldama. He's a foreign player. He's from Spain. He did play college, like, at a small college. And he was impressive. And I think that's just the kind of guy that the Spurs would go after. They love to draft foreign players, even though he's not, like, from the Euro League. He is a foreign player. He is someone who grinded it out for a couple years, and he has an interesting name. They have a lot of guys with interesting names in Spurs history. Do you guys have any thoughts on Santi Aldama as the possible most Spurs pick? Yeah, uh, I feel like he just fits the bill of, like, one of those guys that showed flashes of being able to do a lot of different things. And I think, like, that's, like, one of the things that the Spurs look for later in the draft, at least. Um, yeah. I mean, like, he's not – he might not be the, the best shooter or might not have, like, the best handle or, like, be a great defender. But, like, he did show moments, I'll, I'll call them, of, like, where he did do all of those things. And, you know, like – uh, an organization like the Spurs would want to bring those like qualities out of him and you know help him do that more consistently. Yeah, I completely agree with you. But I think, I mean, we all know what this one is. The most Spurs pick is Josh Primo by the Spurs. It's just, it's not really a classic Spurs move because they never have like the 12th pick. But it's just a fucking ridiculous move. And they made it and 
like Matt said, they probably have some ridiculous statistic to back it up, and that's why the Academy chose it. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a project. Born in 2002. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Pretty crazy. 18 years old in the NBA. So we'll see what the Spurs end up doing with him, but it'll be interesting to see. Also, I would have thought the Spurs would go forward, you know? It's not like they have, like, six serviceable guards or anything. Yeah. I mean, he reminds me of, like, Lonnie Walker. Like, they're similar size. They have a similar game. So, I I think he's projecting to be a lot better of a shooter. Okay. I think that's the big draw with Josh Primo. And that's why – I don't – I don't want to speak for Bertolini, but that's why at least I had a mock to the Sixers because I think we need a guy like that. Bertolini, would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you for yeah, and for the same reason. Yeah, but Josh Primo to the Spurs. We could also name this pick the most fucking ridiculous pick of the draft, but we already had the Anthony Bennett Award, so we didn't want to do that twice. For our next award, the first annual, the 2021 Draftees, Official steal of the draft. We had a lot of nominations for this one. We had to narrow narrow it down to three. There's a lot of discussion over this one, I'll say. But we whittled it down to three nominations. Keon Johnson, Jared Butler, and Sharif Cooper. Keon Johnson picked at 21. He We had him mocked so high. Bertolini, I know you're real high on him. What, you had him mocked all the way at nine. I had him going 13. Matt, you were the closest at 17, but 21's ridiculous. Yeah, I did not expect him to drop that far. Um, he what, He posted, like, the highest vertical of all time in the, in the combine. Yeah, I think it was, like, 48 inches. Like, how do you not draft a guy like that in the lottery? Yeah. Yeah, I mean – not to go on like a whole like tangent here, but like I, I think he was really one of the most like one of the best athletes in the entire draft, and he wasn't just an athlete. He could do other things too. You know, he's a really good finisher. You know, with a decent handle too. You know, showed some ability to pass the ball and make good reads, things of that sort. And you know, his, his pull up game didn't look bad either. He's just a guy that like I feel like NBA teams would just like salivate over like with all the tools he has and like what you could turn him into. Also, I, I went on Instagram and Keon Johnson's Jersey was the first thing that popped up. He's wearing number 45 for the Clippers. And the fact that the Knicks let him go is very upsetting. He would have been cool on the Knicks, I think. And I really, I'm really having this internal struggle lately. Like whether I want to hate the Knicks just all out or whether I like the Knicks. They have some good players, but I just kind of want to say, like, fuck the Knicks, you know? Yeah, but they've been bad for so long, I, I'm kind of happy for them. Yeah, like, that's how I feel. But, at, like, at the same time, it's also, like, the Knicks. Like, am I really going to be happy for the fucking Knicks? Yeah. Okay, I can talk about Jared Butler real quick. So, Jared Butler was mocked, like, mid-first round, and he fell to, what, the 40th, 40-something pick? Yeah, 40th. Um. And you guys said it was because he had a heart condition? Uh, yeah, Bertolini. Yeah, I saw a lot of like reports about some heart condition that, you know, one of those things where it's like, okay, uh, this is like as bad as the doctors think it is. He might not be able to play basketball. So 
I, I understood why he fell. But, like, besides that, he's a great player. Yeah, assuming he's able to play, I think the Pelicans got a steal here. Or, wait, no, it wasn't the Pelicans. He got traded to, what, the Jazz? He is on the Jazz, I believe. Yeah, Pelicans picked him and traded to the Jazz. I mean, he's the Final Four most outstanding player, and he fell to number 40. So, yeah. I think he's going to be great if he ends up playing. And the Jazz have so many Baylor players now. They signed another one, and they already have uh, Royce O'Neal. Actually, I think the Jazz was the perfect place for him to go. Yeah, me too. Yeah, they need a backup point guard. Yeah, and they need someone like that. Our third nomination. Oh, our third nomination was Sharif Cooper. He his fucking lights out in college. He went forty-eight. That's like an easy one for me to defend. Sharif Cooper was so good, and he just kept dropping. His sister plays in the WNBA. He's from an athletic family. He was good at Auburn. He was exciting to watch. I know he's only 6'1", but he's fun. He fell all the way to the Hawks. He's going to be an interesting change of pace point guard from Trey Young. I think it's going to be a good time. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I like I like him going to the Hawks as well. I just feel like the questions for him was like his jump shot, his defense, his size, you know, things like that. I mean, he, he his stats were really impressive. I think what he averaged twenty and eight, although it was on you know poor efficiency and maybe he could cut down on the turnovers too. So I mean, there's there's obvious questions about his game, but you know, falling to forty eight is you know that was a little extreme. Yeah, I think he's he has a similar game to Trey Young. I mean, they're both undersized. They're both shooters. They're both playmakers. So I think Atlanta was the perfect place for him to go. I think he's a little more of a slasher than Trey Young, honestly, though. And he is a, I think he is a quicker like first bounce. Like I think Trey Young's like a little more relaxed than Sharif Cooper is. He's a little more like jumpy. Yeah. You want to announce this one, Matt? No, you're you're gonna announce. No, all right, I'll take it. Um, for the uh, first annual steal of the draft for the 2021 NBA draft, uh, we're giving it to Keon Johnson. I mean, we talked extensively about Keon Johnson. He was very good. Um, and the fact that he fell so far is crazy. He pretty much earned the Clippers, like, a spot in the team that won the draft just because they traded for him. Yeah, I think he has really high potential. I think he's pretty raw right now, but his athleticism is is crazy. So I think that was a, that was a steal at, at 21. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, now we have a fun one. The first, I think this is where it starts to get exciting. These are the words you're, you've been waiting for. All right, for the next award, we have the OJ Mayo Award. And this is dedicated to the player that is most likely to get kicked out of the league for some ridiculous reason. OJ Mayo has been banned like three times. And he like could have been a great player, but he didn't want to be. Our three nominations are Josh Christopher, Bones Highland, and Cam Thomas. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the lead here. My favorite's Cam Thomas here. Bones Highland does have a does have a soft spot in my heart because being named Bones Highland, it's just that just sounds like a guy who does some crazy shit. Yeah. You don't want to fuck with someone named Bones Highland. And just how he's built. Fairly knew he was saying stuff about it earlier. Just He just looks like, yeah, he's a southern kid. He's just... You don't want to fuck with Bones Highland. But yeah, my yeah. personal favorite... Oh, wait, Bertolino, what were you going to say? 
I was going to say, yeah, you know, I don't know any of these uh, three nominations personally, but uh, just from, like, looking on the outside, I feel like uh, Bones Highland might not be dedicated to uh, improving his body, you know, through uh, through lifting weights. And you could, you know, put that in the question of his character and how dedicated he is to basketball. But, again, I don't know any of these people personally. My personal favorite, I'm going to take – I, I I guess I'd agree with you, Ridley. I don't know. Um, I agree with the the prospect of Bones Island. But my personal favorite would be Cam Thomas. He's openly said to multiple sources. I've heard a lot about how he's told everyone he does he doesn't want to like pass. He doesn't want to play defense. All he wanted to do at college was get buckets. He didn't want to go to class. He. Maybe he did go to class. Maybe he he did play defense. I didn't really watch a lot of LSU games, but all the reports I've heard have said similar things about just wanting to get buckets. And I feel like that's not a good mindset to have. You got to be open. And I just feel like that's the kind of guy who like would get kicked out of the league for a ridiculous reason. Matt, do you want to take the lead on Josh Christopher? Yeah. So. Not only does Josh Christopher just remind me of Kevin Porter Jr., but he's also going to play with him in Houston. Um, and uh, if you guys don't know, John, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. was recently arrested on firearm and marijuana possession this past season. And he was almost out of the league until the Rockets signed him. So I just feel like he's not going to be a good influence on Josh Christopher. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can, he can turn it around and, and, not follow in Kevin Porter Jr.'s footsteps. And as we've mentioned, a huge strip club city like Houston, with like a lot of shit going on. And like, there's a lot of shit to do in Houston. And you could get, he's with his friend, Jalen Green. I think it could be a very good, very bad thing for all those young players. Would you like to present the OJ Mayo Award? I would love to. So the first annual OJ May Award for player who's most likely to be out of the league first goes to Cam Thomas from LSU. Congratulations. Yeah. We hope you're not, Cam Thomas. If you're listening, we know you are. But – it just seems like it. That kind of attitude is not a good thing to have. He's in Brooklyn. He's going to be playing with all the superstars, all their money. It's not going to be a good thing. He's learning from Durant. Maybe he'll like get on Twitter like Kevin Durant does. You never know. Like you never know. Now I think we're moving on to the favorite award. The award everyone's been buzzing about, everyone's been tweeting about. This award we like to call the Gordon Hayward Award. This is for Gamer of the Year. Yes. I can't, I can't even begin to express my excitement for Gamer of the Year. I think this is the one we've all been waiting for. We probably should have just put it last, but we did you guys all a favor. Gave you a, gave you a little break. Put you right in the heart of it, right where you wanted to be. Shout out to all the gamers out there listening. But the Gamer of the Year, we have three nominations. Scotty Barnes, who says he he loves to game, Matt, or all he does is game. He has a post on his Instagram from May 29th, sponsored by Fortnite, saying, you know what it is. 
when gaming and basketball collide. Check out the NBA Welcome Hub and Fortnite Creative and play Court Crashers LTM. It's fire. Hashtag epic partner. Hashtag ad. <laughs> yeah, so Scotty Barnes, clearly a big-time gamer. All he does is chill and game. Then, next nomination. My personal favorite, Iowa's Luca Garza. I had I saw one interview with Luca Garza ever in my life, and he talked about getting a fat victory royale in Fortnite and like winning the game for his team and going crazy. And that just that's the heart of a gamer. And when you see Luca Garza, you're like that guy's a gamer. And it, none of these guys amount to Gordon Hayward's gaming acumen. No one's out here playing League of Legends, but. Our third nomination might. Jason Preston. As we've touched on as we've touched on before, former Pistons blogger. Uh, I think he ran NBA fan accounts. He loves the internet. He definitely has a gaming chair. Bertolini, anything to add? Just looks like a gamer. You know, you just see him and you're like, yeah, he uh he's like a ninety nine overall in two K. I feel like he could play some more like some more gamery games. Definitely yeah, I feel like COD. Definitely, like he, he's big into like RPGs. That's also very possible. If there's a bath, he plays a lot of my GM. Yeah, maybe, maybe even some... throws down on some Minecraft every now and then. Who knows? Yeah, quite possible. Jason Preston's just Chris Smoove if he made the NBA. Yeah, he and Jason Preston was honestly a lot of the people in the committee that voted on these awards were favoring Jason Preston in the preliminary discussions. But by the end, Bertolini, you want to take this one? Oh, I would love to. So for the Gordon Hayward Gamer of the Year Award, Hello? Hello? (laughs) (laughs) I think my thing cut out. Yeah, it did. Okay. Well, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, uh, epic partner Scotty Barnes. You know what it is. <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah, I'd agree. Scotty Barnes is the gamer of the year. He's an epic partner. All he does is chill and game. Jason Preston. We have no evidence that he's a real gamer. It's just theories. <laughs> Oh, I guess it's not just a theory. It's a game theory. I'm keeping that in. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, but the next award, while we're talking about Gordon Hayward, is the Steve Novak Award. And you, you'll be you might be wondering how are Steve Novak and Gordon Hayward related? They're both stereotypical white players. Gordon Hayward's a little above the average white player, but Steve Novak is very much the average white player. And the average white player, for those who don't know, is one of two things. Someone who can only shoot the basketball or a very unathletic center who's big and just guards the paint. And again, we have three nominations. Luca Garza from Iowa, the big center who just guards the paint, very unathletic. The same friend who said we should slander Chet Holmgren. 
has been talking to me for the past couple of days so much about how good Luca Garza is, but he's just a stereotypical white player, man. Hate to break it to you. Then our next nomination is his teammate, Joe Weisskamp. Just that name. He's just an Iowa kid, you can tell. I don't know if he's from Iowa, but like that's someone who plays for Iowa. Joe Weisskamp or Weisskamp. Can also only just shoot. Yeah, also can only shoot. He is from Iowa. And he just, he's just white as shit. <laughs> he's just so, like, boring looking. Joe Camp, I don't apologize if you're listening. Then wow. the third nomination is Corey Kispert. Just looks like a classic white douche, as we've talked about before. Looks like the bad guy in the Karate Kid. And he's a shooter. Yeah, he just... He just looks like he would ask you um, if you know who his parents are if you were <laughs> trying to fight him at a frat party. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Let's have Matt announce this one. Matt, who's our stereotypical white player of the year? Who's the winner? I, will, I would love to take this one. Um, this one's near and dear to my heart, given that I am a stereotypical white man myself. Um, so the Steve Novak Award for Stereotypical White Player of the Year goes to Joe Weiskamp. Out of Iowa. His name almost sounds like White. White Joe White Camp, yeah. So he's the winner of the Steve Novak Award. Congratulations, Joe Weiss Camp. You can come claim your award anytime on the Six Balls One Basket podcast. Doors always open. While we're talking about, I don't know, I don't know a good segue for this. We're moving on to the worst draft moment. The draft is – it's normally the most long and ridiculously boring thing for, like, 98% of it. All you want to see is the picks, but they're only 2% of it. And there's a lot of bad shit about the draft every year in any sport. But in the NBA draft, I think more so because of the ridiculous suits, the, the like, fandom around some players, like, the – the reactions of the fans and the fans in the stands and just Adam Silver as a person. But we have three nominations based on the draft. And one I touched on a little bit is the length. It was way too long. I felt like we were watching the draft for two days. And I I can't even like, I don't even know what's going on by the second round. It's so late. I'm like half asleep. Yeah, it was, it was five hours. The draft. Started at eight, and then I stayed up for the whole thing and ended at one. And it's only two rounds. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's fucking insane. And like, if you want, I don't, I don't even know. It's so goddamn long. And one of the worst parts about it being long was Kendrick Perkins. I've heard Five some hours of Kendrick Perkins. I've heard some people say positive things about Kendrick Perkins. Fuck that. He was awful. He was horrible. He he recommended you every team draft Dayron Sharp. He said the same thing every time. He's like, I think Dayron Sharp would be a good pick, but he wouldn't have been for any of those teams. And he just like did not provide insightful commentary. And they went to him like he was like the smart guy, like he was the draft guy. <laughs> And he's, yeah, the first time he's ever done it, too. I, I just don't understand why they're pushing Kendrick Perkins so much. He's not, like, 
He's not good. And it's just like he – The draft especially is just not his thing to yeah, talk about. Yeah, really. I mean, I'd, I wish he was good at it. I would like him to be good at it, but it just wasn't good. I'd like to see him on uh, Inside the NBA. I think he'd be good on the Inside with, the NBA. With uh, Chuck and Ernie and Shaq and Kenny. Like, you know how, like, uh, D-Wade used to fill in and, like, other guys, like uh, Chris Webber and stuff? Like, I feel like he'd yeah. be good for that. I'd watch that. Yeah, I think Kendrick Perkins is, is good on shows like First Take where – you can just have ridiculous debates and you don't really need to know what you're talking about. Like he, he provides entertainment, but for something like the NBA draft, like you want to have guys in there that know what they're talking about. Like they know the players and the analysis. And he was just not the right pick for that. And then of course, above all the moment, I'm sure you all were expecting us to mention. <laughs> Modi Muzi. Or what was it? He said like 10 different things. You just kind of, <laughs> kind of like, cut you, you can't go wrong. You just had a stroke. Yeah. In the middle of the draft. <laughs> and it made me feel bad. Like, I didn't – it wasn't even, like, funny at the time. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, and the other, like, announcer had to, like, correct him. Yeah. And he, he was, was just, child. like, stuck. It, it, it just made me feel bad. I didn't... And then the rest of the draft, they were just having pronounced people's names. They're like, that sucks. Yeah, like, they're just, like, shitting on him at that point. Like, like just – I don't know. Just take him off. Just switch him with Richard Jefferson. Yeah, that was a solid like eight seconds of stuttering before someone finally corrected him. So it was just it was painful to listen to. Yeah, we'll put it in right now. Do it when you look at Modi Moody, Modi Moody, 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 Moses Moody, Moody. It's in for the next. Oh wait, we didn't even mention the thing. We didn't even announce the award. Duh. The next nomination is the Douchey Knicks fans. They just look like white douchebags. They were just like, <laughs> they're wearing their fucking lame fucking uh, RJ Barrett jerseys. And I think one was in a Carmelo Anthony jersey. Just looking like douchebags at the draft. They're like, they don't even look like real fans, I feel like. I feel like all the fans they had at the draft were like actors paid to be there and pretend that they were fans. They're just like fans that like can't afford to sit courtside, so like they go to the draft and be really like loud, like loud and really douchey, just to like, you know, get that experience. Yeah, and th- yeah, they just looked like guys you wouldn't want to hang out with. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the reins here and I'm gonna announce this one. The worst draft moment was so bad that we've named the award after him. It was the Modi Muzi experience. And that's why Kendrick Perkins is the recipient of the first annual Kendrick Perkins Award for the worst draft moment. From this day forward, this award will be called the Kendrick Perkins Award for the rest of time, for as long as we do this podcast and whoever continues it after us. The worst draft moment will always be memorializing Modi Moosey and Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins also, like Bertolini said a minute ago, was asked to say the names of a lot of players that had long or confusing names. Most of these players were European. One thing about the European players in the NBA is, at least I never watch the film. I will like watch a video on it, like a highlight reel maybe, 
if they're lucky. But I never, I never get around to it. I can watch college basketball because it's on TV all the time. I just have to like rely on the opinions of draft experts and kind of guess who's going to be good from the Euro League just based on their accomplishments. And one of the most famous examples of that, I believe, is Giannis. No one really watched Giannis's film from Greece, let's be honest. No casual basketball fan. And I think he's become, I mean, maybe the greatest European player of all time. So we named it the Giannis Antetokounmpo Award. We have three nominations. Alperin Sengun, Santi Aldama, and Rokas Jobukaitis. Jokubaitis. I don't know. Jokubaitis. There we go. And Alperin Sengun won the MVP in the Turkish League, which is supposed to be the third best league in the world. That's from all the all the reports I've heard, but I have no idea. Do you, we have no information to back that up. Did you guys watch the Sengun film, the Aldama film, Rokas Jubakaitis? Well, Aldama played at Loyola, so it's kind of – I mean, I still didn't watch him because who the hell watches Patriot League basketball? No offense, but – Yeah, that's why no, he deserved a spot on this list. I've honestly seen more about Jokubaitis than I have Sengun, and that's like, that's like a problem. Yeah, Joe Kubitis is a guy who went in the second round. There's, I mean, there's like a couple videos on the internet about Shengun and how good he might be and stuff. And like I said, he won the MVP in like the third best league in the world at 19, which is kind of insane. He kind of just looks like a douchebag, though. He just looks like a FIFA YouTuber to me. I feel like Jokic would be another guy, like a good name to name this after. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, Alfred Sangoon does look like a uh, FIFA YouTuber. That's like a perfect description. And I think, I think all these players could have very good careers. But Bertolini, you want to take the, you want to do the honor of announcing the first annual Giannis Antetokounmpo Award, the 2021 Draftee. Sure. So the uh, Draftee for the Giannis Antetokounmpo Award for. European player who's going to be good, but we have no film on him. That's a mouthful. Goes to Alprin Sangoon. I like how the whole award's a mouthful. Like, not just like. I think it should be longer. It should be like three sentences long. I'm with you. The European player is going to be good, but we didn't care enough to watch the film on, so we just have to take the opinions of draft experts on. Okay, can we can we trademark that? Yeah, I'd love to. And then we can call it the Giannis Antetokounmpo slash Nikola Jokic Award. And now, I know you guys have loved this throw ride of a of an episode, but we're coming we're coming upon our our final drafty. The final. 2021 draftee and this is a very important award because in an episode that is now lost to time and has faded away we discussed players we could beat up in the nba or not players we could beat up but players that could beat up each other in the nba and nba toughness and now we're bringing it full circle to the player we could beat up award aptly called the trey young award 
Trey Young, if you would like to fight all three of us, bring it on, man. Because let's be honest, I don't think any of us could beat up an NBA athlete, probably. They're stronger, faster, more athletic. Maybe, maybe like on a bad night, but. Yeah, but I think if it were to be anyone, Trey Young would be our best bet. Yeah, but I think all three of us could definitely beat up Trey Young. Yeah, oh, 100%. Definitely, yeah. So that's why I said Trey Young, if you'd like to fight all three of us at the same time, of course. Like, we want the smoke. So the, the nominees for the Trey Young Award are Mac McClung. Mac McClung, uh, believed to be nephew of Riff Raff, the rapper. I don't know how true that is, but I've heard that rumor floated around on the internet many a time. Jason Preston, as we've mentioned many times, Jason Preston has been mentioned, let's get the live stat, three times so far. This is his third nomination. No wins, but Jason Preston, I mean, he's a blogger, definitely has a gaming chair. We've said, we've said enough about Jason Preston. Yeah. You know what the deal is. Like, he's skinny. He's skinny. He's not that tall, really. And all three of us could probably beat him up. Mac McClung does have a little bit of size. He's not, like, ginormous, but he's, he's got some decent size, I believe. He is from the South, too, so. Yeah. You don't know what he's capable of. Yeah, he would definitely, like, Mac McClung's definitely the kind of guy to, like, bring a pocket knife to the fight. Yeah, or, like, stomp you out with cowboy boots. Definitely. Yeah. And then the third nomination, which the committee was not buzzing about. They looking at what we look like and just thinking that this guy is as big as he is. Josh Giddy, six eight. He is an Australian kid. That I think is a factor. A big time factor. God damn it. Uh yeah, so Josh Giddy's six eight and he's from Australia. They it's the most deadly continent in the world. They're fucking crazy over there. They do wild shit. You don't know what Josh Giddy's capable of, but that being said, he does look like a pussy. He does look like a pussy. He does look like he would cower in a fight, especially with three grown men. He looks like a TikToker. He has He looks the like hair. the kid Leroy. Yeah, he looks like the kid Leroy. Just tall. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we could beat up Josh Giddy, but if it was like a bar fight, no shot. I just don't know what Josh Giddy's capable of as an Australian. Yeah, me neither. He doesn't play. He doesn't play very physically, but still not the, the Australian thing. And the fact that he's like six eight, like six eight is so tall. Yeah, but I feel I've never like even met a six eight person. That's how tall that is. I just feel like if like we all got like body shots on him, and I think Matt's tall enough to like hit his head. Yeah, so I can like take the legs. Yeah. I think we'd all just have to, like, it'd have to be a real team effort. I think Jason Preston, we could kind of just, like, push into some lockers and, like, get his lunch money. I'll, I'll, I'll do the honors. I'll, I'll say it. I'll take the, the reins on the last award of the night, the Trey Young Award for the player we could most likely beat up if all three of us were there and it was, like, a fair fight. There wasn't any... There wasn't any outside. There were no guns, no knives. The winner of the Trey Young Award, the player who would get his fade ran, is Jason Preston. 
Jason Preston, we've said it all. He just looks like he could get just punched. He doesn't look like he would take it well, and he might cry. We also should have discussed Jeremiah Robinson Earl because if he loves his mom that much, he might also cry. He is also huge, though. So That is a great point. He is ginormous. But Jason Preston is the winner of the final award of the night. Three nominations, one win. Let's just go over the, the winners for all the awards before we wrap it up. For the Kobe Bryant Award for Biggest Star Potential, we had Jalen Green. For the Biggest Bust, the Anthony Bennett Award. For the Guy Who Fucks, the Wilt Chamberlain Award, Jalen Green. Two wins for Jalen Green. The Biggest Virgin Award, or the A.C. Green Award, Jeremiah Robinson Earl from Villanova. The Worst Suit of the Night, the Drew Gooden Award, goes to Corey Kispert of Gonzaga. The Alfred Payton Award for Worst Haircut goes to Marcus Zagorowski. Our team that won the draft was the Rockets. The team that lost the draft was the Timberwolves. The Ben Wallace Award for the best player who didn't get drafted, Joel Ayi, or however you say it. The steal of the draft, Keon Johnson. The OJ Mayo Award for the player most likely to get kicked out of the league for some ridiculous reason, Cam Thomas. The Gordon Hayward Gamer of the Year, Scotty Barnes. The Stereotypical White Player or the Steve Novak Award, Iowa's Joe Weisskamp. The Kendrick Perkins Award goes to Kendrick Perkins. I also realized I forgot the most Spurs pick. Josh Primo, the Spurs. The European player who's going to be the best, but we didn't really care to watch the film, so we just have to rely on draft experts' opinions and other people talking about them award, or the Giannis Antetokounmpo slash Nikola Jokic slash Dirk Nowitzki award, Alpern Sangoon. And finally, the Trey Young award for the player we could most likely beat the shit out of, Jason Preston. Ohio. Thank you everybody for coming out tonight to the drafties, the first inaugural drafties. We loved putting it on for you. It was a great time for us. Do you guys have any closing words? Yeah, this was uh, an electric experience. Hope to be back next year and uh, present some new awards. Yeah, you uh, you all looked amazing tonight. Um, thank you so much for coming. And uh, Jason Preston, uh, if you want to fight us, let us know. Yeah. He might he's probably the our best chance of hearing this. Maybe Marcus Zagorowski. Do we want to talk about any more like NBA stuff, any more other stuff before we go? No. Um, no, we can leave it for the next uh pod. I think we're gonna have a fun pod. I don't want to announce anything for next week, but we have another great idea for you. I'm very excited about it if everything works out. But we'll see. All right, everybody, thank you for coming out. This has been the 2021 Drafties on the Six Balls, One Basket podcast. Have a great day.